Hey, this is C.S. Joseph with csjoseph.life doing another episode on our series Extroverted Types versus their Introverted Variant and this is the final episode of Season 9 uh, so it would be Episode 8 of Season 9 and we still have like three other seasons of these uh, type comparisons that we're going to be doing where it just makes sense to figure out okay, hey, these types are related to this type because they're either the same uh, they have the same camaraderie or uh, they're like both INJs, or they're both NFJs, for example, or they're both NTJs. So we're going through all of those different types of combinations, uh, or they have the same hero, or they have the same parent, etc. And then we're able to arrive at uh, a better understanding of all of the types collectively, because we're seeing all those similar types, you know, matched up against other similar types, so that everybody who watches these can have a better understanding of, okay, well, am I, for example, in this case, am I an ENFP or an INFP? Because a lot of people struggle with the differences, right? So, <clears throat> and I am also very under the weather, and that's why I haven't posted in the last two days, because I am suffering from the flu. In fact, so is my entire family because I got them sick because I brought it home from my trip from Atlanta, uh, from my recent business trip. So it's been it's been crazy around here, and uh, I'll probably cough a bunch if not look lousy on this particular lecture, but it is what it is. I would like to have some semblance of a, a schedule for this week, so definitely doing another lecture uh, today, and hopefully got another one tomorrow and I'll do plenty of them this weekend, etc., as time permits. So, anyway, that being said, today's episode, uh, for those of us on the uh, YouTube channel or on the podcast, is about ENFPs versus INFPs, advocates versus the dreamers. <clears throat> so let's, let's break those down. They are both the same temperament, uh, so they're both idealists. They're very people-focused, uh, very... Uh, socially capable, although INFPs would claim that maybe I'm not, I'm not as socially capable as I would, uh, as other people would expect me to be, but the truth is INFPs are, they're just very behind the scenes, etc., and because they're their background type, right? They're, they exist in the background. Doesn't make them any less social, or doesn't make them any less people-oriented, but based on that, there's really not much... <coughs> Uh, I mean, there's 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 some differences, but it, there's not much different, at least in terms of the temperament point of view. However, there's a lot of difference in the interaction style. So, <clears throat> ENFPs are starter types. So, informative, initiating movement. INFPs are background types. So, informative, responding, control. <clears throat> so, they're both informative, which means they they like to be informed or inform others on the big picture and not be specific or direct, which is say what you mean, mean what you say in as few words as possible. Whereas informative types like myself, we can talk at length or write at length about any subject matter and draw from our inner universe as to any kind of subject matter, any subject, and really boil the ocean or provide the big picture uh, or a large picture about what that is. So. This allows somebody, you know, we want to be able to provide the context, right? This, this allows someone to give all the context, to give all the subtext, because everything that we say, context and subtext changes what we say. We could say the same sentence three times, but it would have three different meanings. And it's because informative types do a lot of hinting. It's all about, you know, like, are you, are you picking up what I'm dropping? That's, that's informative, right? Informative types do that to people. Uh, <clears throat> initiating versus responding, the ENFP is all about initiating with other people, going to other people information, presenting things to other people, starting the process. The INFP is very responding. The INFP prefers people to come to them with information. They like to feel so important that other people be willing to, to come to them and, and bring ideas to them and, and get their input on them, right? Whereas ENFPs, it's the office, the opposite. The ENFP is bringing the idea and either providing their input at the same time or gathering input after the fact, initiating versus responding. 
And then movement versus control, ENFPs are triple movement, so they are just as fast, just as fast as INTJs flying by the seat of their pants, going speed racer, you know, with decision making, all about speed. Everything is about moving quickly. Whereas the INFP, not so much. They go at their own pace. Uh, they're, they're very, they like things to be under control. Progress, progress cannot occur in the midst of chaos, whereas with the ENFP, progress probably won't be able to occur without chaos. So just be aware of those differences. Uh, both types like to be comfortable. Both types know how they feel. Both types have a moral compass. Uh, both types are very big picture oriented and all about other people's intentions. And both types are all about their beliefs and what they believe. Uh, but to both types, it doesn't matter uh, what the truth is. It only matters what you believe or what you feel about the truth. The actual truth is not really relevant or as important to NFPs uh, because in the absence of communication or explanation, perceptions become reality. So they like to play with the narrative. They like to play with people's beliefs uh, in order uh, and their own beliefs in order to cause reactions or initiations of other human beings. And it all comes from uh, their personal philosophy or a grand philosophy uh, or creed uh, that would be lived by, you know, basically everyone, etc. ENFPs are more creed-based because creed is, is like a philosophy for everyone around them, whereas INFPs are more philosophy-based because it's more personalized and personal to them, right? <clears throat> so that's kind of some of the differences as to how they are. It's because, you know, the extroverted variant versus the introverted variant. That being said, let's do a deep dive into their cognitive functions. Starting with the ENFP. I am like super sick right now. <sighs> Extroverted intuition hero. ENFPs are all about what other people want. They're all about, hey, do you want this? Or hey, uh, they're, they're able to see the futures of other people. They are aware of the fates of other people consistently. And they're very optimistic about it. They're always telling people about, Hey, you could do this. Hey, you could do this. Hey, you could do this. You could have this option. You can do this. You can do that. And uh, all of a sudden, people are pulling out their wallets for the gum that they're selling off their shoe, right? Because ENFPs utilize Expert Intuition Hero as a way to approach sales. ENFPs are by far, out of all the types, the absolute best salesmen. They are absolutely amazing at sales. Whether or not they're willing to admit it or not, it's because they are able to literally shove ideas and desires and cultivate and kindle up desire and create the fire of desire in other human beings. And they do that with Expert Intuition Hero mixed with Expert Thinking Child. And they're able to inspire and motivate people. They're able to Tony Robbins people because Tony Robbins is an ENFP. Did you ever know that? Or, you know, I've mentioned it a few times on this channel, but I mean, come on, seriously, ENFPs. They're all about motivating people and causing other people to have willpower. Expert intuition is all about cultivating willpower in other people and finding willpower. You know, it's because ENFPs know that they lack willpower and they believe it is their duty as high inferior when it's on an axis because these two functions are on an axis with each other. If you don't know that, maybe you should watch the uh, uh, playlist about the cognitive axis, right? And these two functions are on an axis with each other. And they believe it's their duty to cultivate willpower in other people, right? And that's what they do. And that could be for sales. That could be for self-improvement, self-actualization, motivation. They are able to do that. And they like to be showy with it with their extroverted thinking child because, oh, think people will think highly of me because I'm showing them what they can have, right? That's why when ENFPs have reached like the ultimate lifestyle, for example, they like to flaunt it. This is why you, uh, it becomes part of their sales and their personal brand because ENFPs, TE child is the walking personal brand, right? Ty Lopez, he'll rent a mansion, for example, and take a lot of photos at that mansion and use that mansion as a sales tool. Or he would rent exotic cars and use those exotic cars as sales tools, right? Or he, maybe he owns an exotic card and use that as a sales tool with his YouTube videos or, or any type of video that you do or Instagram stories, it doesn't matter. Because he's trying to be like, people think highly of me, TE child, whether or not that's true or not, that's all up to you because you're the audience. But to him, 
he believes that people will think highly of me because I have all this flashy stuff and then they'd be willing to listen to me, right? Because that's what those people want and they think highly of me of doing it. It's my duty to motivate them to do so in some direction because if I've done it in the past, people will want to do it too to get to the level that I am at right now because I feel good about the level that I'm at now, okay? That's literally how his mind went to that conclusion, right? Sorry. <clears throat> this is going to be a lot harder than I thought. Anyway, so uh, yeah, they're all about uh, expert intuition uh, and, and very, big, very uh, big picture focus. However, INFP, a little bit different because they have any parent. Any parent is basically you know, very similar with the uh, uh, lecture we just did with ENTPs versus INTPs. INFPs are actually a bit more pessimistic about the future, pessimistic about other people's fates, pessimistic, and they are so aware of how irresponsible other people are with their will, with what they want. And they can even criticize other people with, you know, where other people are going. Although they do it silently, like they'll never, like sometimes INFPs will never like mention it, you know? They'll be silent about it, they'll be silent. Like I had an INFP in, the, in my car one time, and I was driving to a location, to a destination, and I went the wrong way. It cost us a half hour on the trip, destroyed a business meeting. We were late, ineffective, made us look bad. We lost the contract and everything. And had the INFP just spoken up, no, you know, we've been there. But the INFP was like, well, I'm not sure I should say anything because he obviously made a mistake and I'm worried that he'd feel about me, any nemesis. And I, I, I need to feel good here, right? And I, I, don't, I don't know how you think of me if I mention this, but we're definitely going to the wrong place and he's not aware. And this is really making me uncomfortable and I just don't know what to do. And then they decide to do nothing. And it's just like, instead of silently judging me, how about you speak up, please? And save us from the fact that I screwed up and warn us from the fact that I screwed up. But they're so pessimistic with their expert intuition parent that whether or not they're actually going to speak up about it compared to the ENFP's Annie Hero, because Annie Hero is just to be like, dude, why do you want to go that way? Oh yeah, you're right, I don't want to go that way, that's the wrong way. But any parent is willing to let it slip by, even though any parent's completely aware that we're going to have a bad future and that we're going the wrong direction, they're more concerned about how they feel about the situation and that they feel bad about it and well, what if this happens? Well, what if happens if he? What if he reacts this way to what I say? And they get so caught in the thinking about the what if, you know, based on my reaction to them initiating because they're responding, right? They'd rather have me ask, "Hey, do you feel that I'm going the right way?" They'd rather me ask them that instead of them actually put the energy of initiating that out, right? Well, that would mean because they'd have to initiate, they'd have to use their ESTJ or their ENFJ. Well, I hope he doesn't think I'm too controlling here. It's not like I'm trying to elect myself in charge and like have a whip and become the backseat driver, you see? Fear of being thought of as the backseat driver in this situation is what's causing this INFP from keeping their mouth, uh, from, from uh, opening their mouth. They're keeping their mouth shut because they're afraid of this label. Literally, TE inferior is afraid of that label. Because it's like, well, what if he thinks I'm a being a backseat driver if I open my mouth, right? Or ENFJ. <clears throat> he doesn't want to go here because he's worried that I would feel bad. And it's like, is it really my place? Is it my place to mention? And then so because they have these big question marks, because they have question marks as to whether or not they should say something, they're not going to say it. Because from their point of view, it's better to be safe then sorry, right? The problem is, it destroys the entire trip because they didn't say anything, they didn't warn him. ENFPs don't have that problem because they're like, very optimistic, they're here. Oh, hey, why do you want to do this? And they're going to initiate and figure this out. And hey, man, I don't want you to give me a bad experience by making us late to something. The INFP is willing to have that bad experience because the INFP child can take that bad experience, right? Pretty crazy, huh? A lot of people don't know this. Right? So, what do you do? 
thing is, is that INFPs need to realize that their inner child, it is their duty to say something if something bad has happened and there any parent can see it coming. It is their duty to say something, regardless of whether or not someone's going to listen to them or not, because it is a moral duty and moral obligation to say something. Luckily, a lot more mature and advanced INFPs would say something, right? But this particular INFP that was in my car didn't say anything. And in fact, we had a few other people in the car and he was more hoping, hoping, and I critic, hope, hoping that somebody else with his ENFJ shadow, hoping that somebody else would speak up so he wouldn't have to. So the spotlight wouldn't have to be on him, so that everyone's attention in the car would not have to be on him. Because INFPs prefer to be in the shadows, right? Whereas ENFPs prefer to have the spotlight. That's a huge difference, right? So that could be an issue. FI here, they're all about having this huge moral compass. Everything is all about whether or not they believe something is a good or bad thing. They're, they can think with such rapid speed and capacity, the same way just like TI Hero with its thinking and its mastery of logic. They have such a high mastery of morality. It is unbelievable. It makes them amazing human beings. Also contributes to their cuteness. Because when you have FI Hero and SI Child paired up together, they become insanely cute. Let's be honest, INFPs are really cute. Uh, it's like, uh, it's like cute Asian girl syndrome. I mean, that's basically what INFPism is in a pre-canned thing and people act it out in some cases, you know, or, or, or there's, you know, just like a lot of, a. Uh, Fan service the animes. It, it's trying to capture that motif because that motif is literally an INFP, right? And of course, an NJ society like Japan would be obsessed with that kind of motif because being that they're NJs, they really like NPs. So why wouldn't that be something that they would add as part of their culture, right? So if I hear all about how they feel, uh, they are responsibly aware of other people's future, whereas the ENFP is more out there, more optimistic about everyone's future and trying to tell people and guide people to a different future, whereas they're more pessimistic. They're like, okay, yeah, guys, you, you need to be responsible for that because they're so aware of how everyone else is irresponsible, especially their SI child. Their SI child can remember how just how irresponsible everyone else is because SI child can remember more than SI inferior. INFPs have double the long-term memory that an ENFP has, believe it or not, because SI child is twice the strength as an SI inferior, basically. And because of that, they can remember a lot more of the good and a lot more of the bad in situations, which causes their parent function because they're on an axis. Remember, these two are on an axis spinning around, right? Uh, because they have this axis uh, the introverted sensing child is aware, you know, okay, well, there's a lot of bad stuff happening and it causes the parent to be more responsible, more pessimistic because the child is more optimistic, right? And in fact, that's how a child can be a little precocious <clears throat> because the child slot can be precocious because it is an optimism function. You remember the first, third, fifth, and <clears throat> seventh functions are optimistic functions, the others are pessimistic in the, with their attitudes, right? <sighs> so TE inferior, INFPs are insecure about what other people think. They're insecure about other people's ideas. Uh, they're insecure about other people's beliefs. When they look around at other people, uh, they look at, they think people uh, make their decisions based on their own beliefs too, because INFPs are all about beliefs and that's why they like, cite your sources, show me your reference points, you know, because if you believe that, you know, you better have something to back it up when, from my point of view, it's like, I know, it's not about what I believe, dude. Actually, it's about what's true and false. Logic, locos, do you have any concept of it? No, they don't because they have TI demon, in fact, INFPs don't care about logic. They don't care about logos. They care about rationale. They care about beliefs. What do you believe? And it's about what do they believe and what do you believe and why do you believe it? Because the question from an INFP standpoint is, why do you believe this? Because INFPs always want to feel good with what they believe is true with TE inferior because they're so afraid of beliefs. They're afraid that beliefs may be wrong. 
But they, so they have to make sure that they feel good about beliefs. But they're not going to spend the time verifying it either. As long as someone comes up to them, gives them a nice flashy show of, you know, with potentially misleading graphs and, and, uh, and statistics, but it makes them feel good, they're willing to believe that person with that show and those misleading graphs, and then they end up believing a lie, and they don't even realize that they've believed the lie. Thank God INFJs exist, or ENFJs, who can pair up with the INFP and be like, I uh, know that's not true because of X, Y, and Z, because if this was true, then that would be this is true. Oh yeah, you're right. Well, I guess I can't believe that anymore. I, NFJs exist to filter out the crap and the misbelief of NFPs, right? And INFPs, for some reason, they're not even willing to admit that they do this. INFPs, and I know a lot of people get upset at me when I say this, but they get into trouble a lot, especially younger ones, because they start accepting beliefs based on groups of people or the collective, or if, hey, if all these people believe it's true, then it must be true. They end up having that point of view because they get lazy with their intellectualism because they're more concerned about the source than what is actually being said. Do you understand what that means? Think about it this way. If we have a society of children who are raised when they're being educated, right? A society of children, uh, let's say, uh, no, just a society, and uh, the children of that society are being raised in an educational environment, right? There's lots of INFPs in education because they have their ENFJ shadow because ENFJs are all about education, right? But you have an INFP who is educating tons of people, tons of children, and these children are being taught to always cite their sources. And the assumption is, is that these children cannot have original ideas on their own. There must always be a source. The source is the most important thing, right? And people are preconditioned to believe that there is no such thing as an original idea, which actually is contributing to the collapse of our society. Thank you, INFPs. Original ideas actually exist, people. Stop expecting everyone to cite sources all the time. You know what I mean? Oh, but that, you know, that's, that's intellectual irresponsibility to not cite your sources. Like, yeah, sure. I'll be honest with you folks. 60 to 65% of what I teach here on this YouTube channel can be attributed to an extra source. But what about the 35 to 40% that is coming just from me? That is an original idea as a result of me personally developing this science as a result of the chain of custody that I have received through my mentors and their mentors and their mentors and their mentors, right? What about my original ideas? Oh, but because the collective doesn't accept that it's necessarily true or false, my ideas mean bunk, right? They mean bogus, right? Oh, well, I guess if I have to cite my sources because I have to have a source for everything, right? If we raise a society up to believe that there is, that everything has already been thought of and that there is no such thing as an original idea, then all of a sudden we're gonna find ourselves in a situation where it's like, holy shit, where's the, where's the original ideas? No, they don't exist anymore, man. And then society starts to stagnate. And honestly, when we're spending so much time trying to cite sources, we haven't spent any time to verify if what the original source said is true. We've never even spent any of the time and then we just end up expecting it's true, just accepting this belief as if it's true. And then we believe everything we read on CNN, on New York Times, Time Magazine, or any form of media. We just believe it. We don't spend time verifying it. We're too focused on the source and it is because INFPs, they have started this cultural phenomenon. It is the fault of the INFP archetype that our society does this, that people do not verify. We have mass cultural hypnosis, mass cultural ignorance, because people are so focused on getting the source for their material, instead of actually verifying if the sources that they found verifying that what the sources are saying is true because they don't have a standard by which to measure if that is true or not. 
because the standard is logos. And if we taught logos, people would be free thinking. Oh, we can't have that in a society. Remember, it has been said, no society wants any one of its citizens to become wise. Imagine what would happen if a society had wise citizens. Imagine. That society is at risk of collapsing or having the reset button press on it, right? Oh, well, we can't have that in first world society. So instead, let's prop up the INFPs and their philosophy about cite your sources and show me your reference material. And let's, let's focus on that and keep people away from the logos because if they use logos, then they'd find out all the crap that we've been doing. Think about it this way. Jesus Christ versus the Pharisees and the teachers of the law of the Jews in Israel. Well, I guess I don't even know if it was called Israel. Judea in those days, 2,000 years ago. Jesus was using logos. It's one of the reasons why he loved being around the Greeks so much. Because they had their Greek philosophies. He's all about using logos. But they're all around using rationale using rationale for, for their scriptures, and Jesus tells them, you know, well, you're not going to find salvation in the scriptures, right? Yet the Apostle Paul says later that all scripture is God-breathed, and that's the basis from which Christians believe that the Bible is the infallible holy word of God, and yet Jesus said that there is no salvation in the scriptures. Huh. Contradiction. Interesting. Logos, right? Verify what's being said is true. And that's what Jesus was doing. He made the leaders of the Jewish society uncomfortable because he was using Logos and teaching Logos with his T.I. child. When they were following the NFP, T.E. way of doing things based on the beliefs and the belief system and the system that had an economic component to it and a social component to it and a status component to it. But Jesus comes along and is literally carving it out. He's a carpenter, right? Using his thinking, T.I. Child, to literally separate the men from the boys within the belief system itself and expose the fact that no one was checking the original source. No one was verifying if anything that these people were teaching was actually true. And that's why Jesus became so popular by the citizens of lower status in that society because he was telling the truth, because he was solving the same problem using logos, which caused a lot of jealousy on the part of the Jewish leaders, which then caused them to plot to murder him, and we all know the rest of the story, right? Again, TE inferior, while powerful, can be dangerous because... And I know that you guys hate me telling this, but TE Inferior can seriously contribute when it's given power with the ESTJ subconscious. That ESTJ can, subconscious can create a culture of belief and not a culture of truth. But the ESTJ subconscious believes it's a culture of truth. When in reality it's not because no one is verifying the actual source because the INFP doesn't care to verify because TI Demon. It doesn't want to have to put the mental effort into verifying. Interesting with the ENFP, the ENFP, it tries to verify. It wants to verify because TI Trickster is... It's optimistic. Whereas TI Demon is pessimistic and it wants to verify, right? It wants to, it has that desire to verify, but they still can't. They still can't because they're all about TE Child. So they end up doing the same thing. Cite your sources and they create that culture of sources, the culture of other people's information, culture of reference points. ENFPs, they are not successful in life until they read. I know I talk about Ty Lopez a lot. I am so not sorry about that. He is a perfect ENFP example, okay? You see him watches, walk around his little videos, you know, his guy's garage, all his exotic cars and whatnot, and everywhere around him, he's got books, okay? Books are everything. ENFPs become the most, some of the most powerful of all the types with insane, real power, in the same way INFPs as well, with insane, real power. Power, political power, mental power, social power. 
They're able to gain power for themselves. Funny, and INFP wrote the 40 laws of the 48 laws of power. Interesting how that works, right? They understand power. These two types understand power and how power works. Now power is transferred more than any of the, the other types. And their TE child and their TE inferior is able to wield it. They understand how power is conducted from one person to another. It's amazing to watch. And they are able to increase their personal power by reading, by gathering knowledge, by gathering reference points. And at times deciding to whether or not they want to share that knowledge with somebody else. They're not always going to share their cutting edge secrets. Even though on the surface they're like, ooh, I'm very charitable because I'm an ENFP. And I'm going to share with you some of my secrets. But not all of them. They're going to keep the most secret of the secret for themselves. Because that's what allows them to stay in that position of power. Because knowledge is like super important trading cards. I got the royal flush here and that's mine. But you can have the two pair. You can have the two pair, you, you can have the, the normal flush, you can, have, uh, you can have a straight, that's fine here. And I know you're super happy to get that, but I got the royal flush here. You may think that I got a flush just like you. You may think that, you, uh, you know, that I have a straight just like you. We're on the same level, but in reality, we're not. That's the Ty Lopez way of doing it. All about what other people think. All about other people's ideas and gathering those ideas and gathering those reference points and they become brilliant. And when they, and you know, I know some amazing INFP college professors and I know some of the work that they've done and then they, they weave in their personal philosophy and it is unbelievable. It can also be really, really bad too, to the point where society, as I've just said, society can be corrupted by letting go of logos and focusing only on the source without verifying what the source says, because it's like a game of telephone. If someone is a bad source and says something on the internet and it gets retweeted and hashtagged and reposted and shared multiple, multiple times and everyone's like, here's my source on this idea. Here's the source on the idea. But no one stopped to verify the actual idea of the first person who thought of it. Mass cultural ignorance. Mass cultural hypnosis. That's the problem. That's the truth about life, folks. How is that going to work? It's not going to work. And it's because no one wants to, no one's spending time verifying anything. That's the problem. We need to verify. NFJs of the world out there, if you're watching this, we need you to verify everything. Please verify. STPs of the world watching this, verify. Please. NTPs of the world watching this, ENTPs, INTPs, verify. Oh, wait, you can't help but verify. Great. STPs can't help but verify. Awesome. ISFJs and ESFJs, they can't help but verify, but sometimes, you know, verifying can make them uncomfortable and sometimes they're willing to not really verify as much because to them, they'd rather follow the belief system of their fellow SPs or at least, you know, protect their SPs. As long as they're able to do just that at the bare minimum, they can become intellectually lazy and that's okay because they have, SFJs have NTP subconscious, right? It's not on all the time. Whereas an actual NTP, it is all on the time and they're verifying everything all the time. And then they end up looking weirder and weirder and weirder by society because they're not following society standards because to the NTP's point of view, the entire society is bullshit anyway. And then they appear weirder like everyone else. Same thing happens with INFJs. I mean, Gandhi, he spent time verifying his society. He ended up becoming alone and a hermit. And people just thought he was pretty weird, pretty kooky guy. I'm sure Jesus had a similar experience. He was often alone and had often had to get away from people because I'm sure at times he just couldn't handle the mass cultural ignorance himself. The lack of logos. I think that's one of the most powerful messages that INFJs have brought to the world and why they're so important is because of logos, because of verification. What's even more interesting about that, INTJs, they have to verify everything that they believe because if they don't, they can't live with themselves. ISTJs, similar, but ISTJs can get lazy and decide to not verify if they're not in the mood. 
and then it becomes convenient for them to believe things, and then they'll let their verification slip. It's a huge risk. And to think, there's way more people out there from a type standpoint, the majority of the world out there, they're more focused, they're, they, they don't care about verifying, they don't care about logos as often. And it's only very few of the types, a very low percentage of the population, a minority, that is so focused on verification. NFPs need people to verify to keep them honest. Because if there isn't people around to verify, they're not going to live honestly or behave honestly. How could you say that about me? Are you saying that I'm a liar? I'm saying that you could be a liar and you don't even know you're lying. There's a risk of that. That's what I'm saying. That's why you need NFJs in your life or TI users to call you out on what you believe. Your beliefs, your belief over here is wrong because of X, Y, and Z. Because if that belief is true, then this would have to be true. And that's obviously not true. Yeah, you're right. That is not true. I shouldn't believe that anymore. You need to have that experience over and over. You need to be kept honest by TI users if you are a TE user, especially if you're a TE child or TE inferior, especially if you're an NFP even more because you have introverted sensing inferior child and you, are you have to be comfortable with what you believe, right? Because it's hard for NFPs to not be comfortable with what they believe because they're always trying to keep themselves comfortable. And if someone comes along and says like your beliefs are wrong, it's gonna make them uncomfortable and they're probably gonna get mad about it or upset about it or try to get away from that person. Even though reality is staring them in the face, but they don't necessarily care about reality because SE trickster and SE demon, reality is not a priority to NFPs. The idealistic dream world that they live in, especially the dreamer, the INFP is more important the ideal, the sublime, is more important than the reality that they actually live in. They're seeking out the sublime and trying to bring the sublime to them instead of working to fix the reality that they're in. One of the ways that they can work to fix the reality that they're in is by developing that personal philosophy and bringing it out and teaching it to others. They're ESTJ subconscious. That's why they exist. Or by creating a creed for the child and then bring it to everyone with their library of Alexandria, ISTJ, right? Where it's not trivial, a non-trivial creed, and provide that creed to others that, so that others can live by it, right? Super important. <sighs> anyway, back to the functions. TE Child's all about what other people think and how they feel about themselves is tied to how other people think of them. Same thing with TE Inferior and uh, FI Hero, INFPs are all about how they feel and how other people think of them make, you know, change how they feel about themselves and how they value themselves. That means NFPs, their self-worth is tied to how other people think of them. So if you go around an NFP and say, I think you're, and insert some negative superlative, they're gonna turn you off and they're not gonna have anything to do with you. But if you go around them, you can be like, oh, I think you're so great. I, you know, and, or you start being, you behaving thoughtful around them, give them like a thoughtful gift and they get off on that thoughtful gift because they love the thoughtful gift. The T-E-S-I combined together and it's like, oh, you're so thoughtful. Thank you for this amazing experience of this gift, for example. And that's how you can manipulate NFPs by being thoughtful around them or feigning thoughtfulness and feigning giftingness or putting in front of them a covert contract that they're not even aware of. That's how you manipulate them. NFPs, be careful when people are doing that to you. Always remember that a gift may have hidden strings attached. And if you're getting an unexpected gift because your NE didn't see it coming and it's unexpected, be really careful. You might be, someone might be trying to manipulate you. Someone might be trying to take advantage of you. Be aware, that could be an issue. We talked about SI inferior. Uh, ENFPs are insecure about the experience that they're getting. They're insecure about their comfort. They're insecure about doing new things. It's really hard to get an ENFP to do new things. So they have to have self-discipline and force themselves to do those new things so that they grow. Uh, and, and if they get stuck in, uh, if they get stuck and stagnant, you have to make them uncomfortable in order to motivate them. ENFPs work the best with a gun to their head. It is not about ENFPs <clears throat> wanting to do something. 
you have to obligate them. And sometimes putting the gun to the head of the ENFP is what causes them to work their best. When ENFPs are backed into a corner and they have nothing left to go, they will come out swinging and they will come out on top. Do not back them into a corner. It only makes them stronger. SI inferior will activate and they become this ISTJ. And it's like, holy crap, I've, they've just summoned the spirit of Muhammad Ali and they're literally going to own me right now. Be careful, ENFPs have that capability, male or female, in any area of their life. If you back them in the corner, they will rise to the occasion and they will defeat the obstacle. INFPs is different. They're not really necessarily gonna do that when you back them into a corner because their SI child is always already seeking to be comfort and have a comforting equilibrium with himself. <clears throat> that because that they're doing that, it's not necessarily their thing, right? But they are insecure about what other people think of them. And they always desire other people to think highly of them because their self-worth is attached to it. Remember, there's a different desire here. So FE Nemesis, they are worried about how other people feel about them. Another thing is that their hero, because of how they feel about themselves, and, they, and you know they, these are on an axis. There's actually a hidden axis, and I haven't talked about it much, but these are also linked. There's a hidden axis here where the FV and the FI could team up because it's important to the INFP that other people, especially their lovers, for example, feel good about them because they don't want to worry about whether or not that they're being bad or they're not being supportive enough to other people. ENFPs, that's not how it works. ENFPs are afraid of their future. They're very afraid of their future. They're afraid that they're not going to be good enough. They're afraid, check this out, or uh, they are worried they are worried that they are not going to be worthy. Worthiness is important to an INFP because this is INFJ shadow and INFJs are all about being worthy, right? I mean, Jesus's last prayer uh, on the Mount of Olives before he was taken, for example, it's all about his worthiness, you know, concerned that he would have to die and didn't really want to give up his life but then he chose, and then but he chose that that's what he would have to do in order to make everything happen, right? Worthiness. Worthiness means everything to the INFJ, and the INFJ shadow within the ENFP is so concerned about whether or not they worry, and yeah, and the NI nemesis is worrying about their own future. The ENFP worries: Am I going to be worthy tomorrow? Am I going to be good enough tomorrow? Am I going to be effective enough tomorrow? Am I going to be capable enough tomorrow? Am I going to do a good job tomorrow? Am I going to be useful tomorrow, right? And they're constantly thinking about that. That's what they're worried about. Whereas, yeah, I have to be worried like, is this person gonna feel that I'm a good person? Is this person going to feel good about me? Is this person going to have a good experience for me? Am, am, I, am I going to do a social faux pas? I'm worried that I'm gonna break a social uh, rule that I may not be aware of, right? It's one of the reasons why the INFP in that exercise we talked about earlier, was not gonna say anything in the car because they were worried that it would break a social thing because uh, no one else in the car is talking about the fact that we're going in the wrong way, but I'm aware of it. And, and there must be some kind of social thing here that's inhibiting everyone from talking about it. I'm just gonna keep my mouth shut and pretend it never happened. And then we end up being late and missing everything and it destroys the day. And if only they had the courage to say something. INFPs are critical with what they want. They do not allow themselves to want things. They do not allow themselves to, uh, it's because everyone else is so irresponsible with what they want that they make them hyper-responsible with what the INFP personally wants. And they do not allow themselves to want things. And you have to comfort them into things. INFPs would like you to comfort them into wisdom. Funny how that works because INFJs, their TI child, is all about breathing fire on the INFP constantly, which is what they need. INFPs need to be made uncomfortable by the TI child and have, and they have the TI child criticize them at every aspect of their life. Constantly need that in order for them to stay moral so that the INFP does not become corrupted. But then conversely, that TI child, the INFP knows that TI child thinks highly of them because the INFP realizes that FE parent from that INFJ relationship is trying to make them feel better about themselves, right? Well, because they're not a critic, because they are so critical about what they want, that they do not allow themselves to want things. Whereas 
ENFPs, their critic is about how other people feel. Their critic is the social things. ENFPs do not like being obligated or guilted into things, right? Whereas INFPs are more uh, optimistic with their guilt and they realize that they might actually be guilty. They might actually be doing a social faux pas. Whereas the ENFP, nope, that's not, that's not my issue. And if people are trying to, you know, trying to sell me on something, trying to guilt me into giving up some of my money, you know, trying to guilt me into contributing in some way, they're going to rage. They're going to be against that. And they're always aware of that because they're always about with their FI parent. I'm a responsible, good person. And because I'm a responsible, good person, why do you believe I'm not a good person right now? And their FE critic will activate and start criticizing the other person for their morals. And the ENFP will be very critical towards other people. They literally walk around believing that other people are bad and that they are better than other people. ENFPs walk around, by and large, believing that they are a better person than other people. Oh wait, INFPs do that too. But ENFPs do it in a way where they're critical towards other people. And they criticize other people. ENFPs, they're just worried that they're the only good person in the world. They're worried that everyone else is around bad. Whereas the ENFP just kind of is like, yeah, everyone's just bad, sorry. See, I tricks where we already talked about that. They just, they're just not really interested in verifying. They would like to verify. They would like to be able to finish their thoughts in their head, but they can't because they're amusing, you know, without thought. And because they're without thought, they're not able to verify things, right? And that verification is one of the reasons why the vice of the ENFP is depravity, right? Because they become depraved and selfish within their own belief system. Because their belief system is what makes them comfortable. Their SI and fear comfortable. They don't have to expand their horizons anymore because they believe they got it all figured out. And because they got it believe they got it all figured out, why bother trying? Why bother changing my creed and delivering it to others with my ISTJ, with my walking library of Alexandria? Why bother? It's because of the lack of verification, because they're not verifying their own belief system. An INTJ does that, they verify their belief system. An ISTJ does that, they verify their belief system, and they have to in order to live. ENFPs, they don't have to, which causes them to corrupt. And because of that corruption they end up getting, you know, because INFJ is their shadow, which means integrity versus corruption is their shadows, virtue and vice, corruption can end up impacting the ENFP and they can become super depraved and super selfish. That can be an issue. NSE. Do not ask an ENFP to ever be aware of what you are doing or try to show you things. They only have the ability to keep track of what they themselves have done or are doing currently. They can't keep track of what everyone else is doing. Don't ask them to get involved with physics. Although I do know a lot of ENFP contractors that are actually pretty good with tools, but that's, they've learned those tools with SI Inferior and for each and every task. If you notice, they always end up repeating the same task over and over and they want to be the guy that's like, okay, this is my area of the job site. I'm responsible for these rocks, or I'm responsible for the cult, or I'm responsible for this one thing. Don't ask me to do anything I've never done before, right? SE users are all about doing things they've never done before because they can just pick up the tool and just figure out intuitively with their introvert intuition how that tool can do multiple different kinds of tasks on a job site. Whereas ENFP, that's not how it is. The ENFP looks up a tool, they pick up that tool, and that tool is for one task. And they don't know what other tasks, they don't have the experience with what other tasks that tool could be used for. That's because of SE Demon. Also, SE Demon, I have SE Demon. If an ENFP was standing up here delivering this presentation, it's about, oh, well, we care about our experience. We're not really concerned as much about the audience's experience, right? Which is technically true. I don't go out of my way to make sure I have perfect lighting or perfect visuals or perfect whatever, you know, with these videos. And I'll probably have to hire an SE user to help me out with that stuff at one point in time. But it's about my experience in delivering these lectures to you, right? Because I'm an ENTP, I have SI inferior just like an ENFP, right? We do not have the mental ability to focus on the audience and the audience's experience. And as much as even we'd want to, we just don't have the mental ability to do that. INFPs, they have SE trickster. They drop stuff all the time. They're, they really want to be aware of the physics. They really want to be that, they, they desire to be that ISTP craftsman that has the ability to use tools for all the situations. And they keep trying and trying and trying, and then they end up failing. And they themselves have to learn every possible task for every possible tool when they're on the job site, right? My SI child is able to learn, and they're actually able to learn those skills faster than an ENFP would. 
and they'll remember those skills over time. So they just need people around them with SE to teach them how to do it. Preferably an ESTP or an ISTP or an INFJ or an ENFJ to show the INFP how to do things, right? So that they don't have to use their SE trickster to try to deal with physics. They can use their SI child to deal with physics because that's where it needs to be. They just need to be taught every little aspect of every little task, but they'll remember it. And every time they do a task like that, or a similar task that will remember to that previous time because SI is all about going back to home. Remember, you know, the home key or the home button. You know, there used to be a, like the start button in Windows. Like that's like the home button. You always want to get back to home. SI is all about getting back to home because that's safe because SI wants to feel safe and comfy at all times. So they have to, so they have to develop a home and you know, they end up, you know, if this is home, all the different tasks that can be done with the tool, you know, whereas an SE user is like, well, here's my tool, and here's the tasks. It's all going in one direction. Whereas it could be used for anything, potentially, with expert intuition, right? That's the difference. And TID, when we've already talked about that, they're just not really interested in verifying. If they're forced to verify because they're TE inferior, because you're not listening to their TE inferior, or you are not thinking highly of them, or you are not being thoughtful to them, they become thoughtful, and then you might, you might find a hammer in your skull. Don't get to that point. Always make sure the INFP is getting what it needs. Be as thoughtful as possible around INFPs because they appreciate it, they feel good about it, it makes them feel better, it makes them value themselves better so that their demon doesn't activate. Over here, always make sure your ENFP is comfortable because if they are uncomfortable all the time, or if they believe that they are unfairly uncomfortable, their SE demon will activate and then their ESTP will go on there and their ESTP gets super controlling and then you might find a wrecking ball coming in through your building. Boom. And that is how that could happen. Anyway, a little longer lecture, but I really wanted to hit this one home, uh, especially at the verification standpoint. Uh, it's very important because a lot of, no one really talks about how NFPs and how they deal with logos versus belief, you know, logic versus rationale and how it's important and how we can end up having a culture of rationale, a culture of belief instead of a culture of logos which is what the Greek philosophers were trying to achieve back in the day. And that's why Jesus liked the Greeks so much more than uh, his fellow uh, Ken uh, back in the day, thousands of years ago. So anyway, with that being said, that concludes our lecture on ENFPs versus INFPs. If you found this uh, lecture useful, helpful, insightful, educational, please leave a like and subscribe to the channel here on YouTube or on the podcast or both because that would be awesome. And if you have any questions about INFPs or ENFPs or NFPs in general, please leave it in the comment section and I will do my best to answer all of your questions. I answer every comment and I read every single comment. Also, I know that there's a backlog of emails, but I'm getting to you guys and, uh, and thank you also for your coaching requests, guys. It's been fantastic to be coaching uh, some of you and uh, to be generating some money to uh, allow me to produce additional content, which has also been fantastic. Don't forget, uh, this is the final episode of this season. Uh, so all eight uh, of this season uh, should be available on the podcast very soon. And it obviously has a playlist, uh, E versus I, extroversion versus introversion uh, in, uh, in YouTube. So you can watch it there. And uh, yeah, sounds awesome. With that being said, I'm gonna go to lay down because I am exhausted and I am sick. So I'll see you guys tomorrow. Have a good night.